Let me tell you a story about a Spaniard named Vasquez. Welcome to Genders, Queers, Queers, Genders, Buccaneers, something. Genders, Queers, and Buccaneers. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the show. Uh, I, I'm Andy, and I'm joined by my uh, my co-host, my co-captain, uh, Ronnie. Hi. Thank you so much for for having me on uh, on the show. This show would not exist without you. So, uh, yeah, we're uh, we're bringing weird energy because our scheduling got mixed up, and this is kind of a slap dash recording <laughs> session. But I'm very excited uh, about it. A real peek behind the cabin door. Yeah. On, yeah. on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did not watch the episode because I thought we were recording next week. Um, I've seen it like a million times before, though. So we should be fine. Uh, Ronnie, you what texted me like 10 minutes ago? Like, hey, we got to we got to record. Where are you? <laughs> and I went and took a shit, read an episode synopsis. And here we are. Here we are. Let's uh let let's just let's just do a do a do a John Silver last episode and dive right in. There we go. Because he, um, he dove in. Because he got he maybe that that might have been the pilot. Who can tell? It's all it's all pirate. It's all pirate. It's all blurring. Yeah. So the episode opens on Flint with Miranda in her house. Uh, he's beat to shit. Um, it is, you know, it was clear at the end of last episode how he, like, falls to the ground and she tells him, like, take your boots off, that she's in the know of his deal. Like, we hadn't seen Flint lower his guard ever until that, and Mm -hmm. here he tells her that, like, Hey, like we got the schedule. Like it, it's clear that she knows shit. She she she's yeah. in on this whole thing. Uh, Gate shows up with Richard Guthrie, um, so it's clear that like Gates knows about Miranda. Miranda knows about Gates. Um, knows about Guthrie, etc. Mm-hmm. I was I was glad to see Gates and uh, and uh, Billy show up. I think Billy shows up at some point here. It was it was a pretty like you know I don't know anything about this person. Uh her name again. Miranda. 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 Uh, I don't know anything about this person, but uh I like that with all the secrecy that Flint has been like knee deep in with this whole stuff, that the boys got to be along. You got to bring your boys along. The boys got to be in the know of your of your strange liaisons. Uh, you got got to keep them in the know. Uh, I was very glad that that was not going to be like a secrets on top of secrets from from Gates and Billy. You shouldn't keep anything from Gates. Gates is my number one boy. Mm-hmm. Gates is great. Yeah, Gates is a really solid character. Miranda is one of my favorite mm-hmm. characters. Um in the show, she is really the like moral backbone mm, of the show uh, in an interesting way. Sure. Um, Billy is not there yet because he is currently over at Eleanor's tavern watching John Silver. Um, sure. uh, he is making Silver transcribe the schedule. Um, and then like Mr. Scott and Eleanor are there too. 
Mr. Scott tells Eleanor that it seems like Max has sailed away. Eleanor is pissed that Max wouldn't hang with her, but what can you do? Mm-hmm. In Nassau, like in the streets, Rackham is hanging out with uh, members of the Ranger, and they're like, dude, you done fucked us. You lost all the money. And Rackham is like, look, if you guys want to fire me, go for it. But like, I made you that money. And if you leave me your quartermaster, right. we'll we'll make more. I love I love that. I, I love that. Like, I love I think we discussed last time that Rackham was kind of really uh, extending himself a little bit with the uh, 5,000 pesos or whatever it is in Mm -hmm. pearls. And like that, that was going to, Oh, that was going to be a little tricky because even though he, he had like the ear of the crew, it's that could go down fast when there's no money. And, to see that play out and Rackham still like by no means keep his cool, but keep control of the situation was very good. I enjoyed, I enjoyed that level of like, I'm kind of a snivelly little weasel, but y'all are going to do what I say anyway. And, and I'm, I'm like very much here for it. It's such a double standard that Rackham is dealing with here. Cause it's like, if you ask any pirate, like, would you be willing to gamble 5000 for a chance to make 500000 They're going to say yes. But the nature of a gamble is that, like, you could lose the 5000 mm-hmm. But, like, there, there's, there's no understanding of the situation of, like, yeah, that's what gambling is. And, like, right. we risked it all and we lost it. And, like, I'm sorry, but that happens when you gamble. They're just like, no, you lost us the money. Uh, mm-hmm. Added on top of that, that like as we were talking about last episode, it was really Vane's fault. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like Vane's not taking any of the heat; it's all on Rackham. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So like it just sucks, and I feel for the guy. Um, yeah. He's having a rough time. I can see the beginnings of Vane. Be like, if I didn't know that Vane was going to become likable. I still would be kind of like, ooh, ooh, with this guy, like still with this guy, but n- like because because the p- picture has been painted for me a little bit by you, I can like see the areas in which they are like beginning to smooth the edges off of this man, or just decorate the edges, just put some just put some pretty paint on the edges of this man. Um, we're going to see throughout Black Sails, like, different generations of pirates. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just to jump ahead a little bit, we're going to meet Benjamin Hornigold mm-hmm. later this episode. We're going to end up meeting um, Blackbeard. And mm. they're kind of like the epitome of, like, this old school version sure. of a pirate. They're kind of resting on their laurels a bit. Like, their reputation is cemented in history. They're mm-hmm. kind of coasting on their success. But they represent this, like, old-school way of piracy. Mm-hmm. And then you look at Flint and you look at Vane, and they are the best of the current era. Like, mm-hmm. they are the epitome of what it means to be a pirate. They're kind of respecting the the old-school way, but they're 
kind of mixing in a little bit of new school. And then you have Rackham, Billy, and Silver, who are like these up-and-comers. Sure. And they're like completely throwing out the old school way and doing things their way. And um, I I think really Rackham and Silver are kind of this like hustle, gig, economy, uh, Mm. pirate, you know? Uh, They're really, really working hard to rise up even though silver does not want to be a pirate but how old are we uh to think that flint is and if that is like a spoilery thing then um i don't know my my guess would be roughly toby stevens age like if, <laughs> if, if age is not stated or seems to be part of the character um we know stuff from his backstory, which I don't want to say, but, sure. um, I, I asked this, because you, like, you know, this wasn't his first job. Right, uh, right, right, you know, right. He, he, he had a successful, uh, to some degree situation before coming here. We can mm-hmm. tell that a little bit with stuff he said to Gates so far, where he talked about like the crew think I'm too well read. Uh, yeah. I have trouble connecting with them, you know, right. um, it, it just it strikes yeah. me that like the like I I I will I will and still uh, eagle eye listeners I will still be doing my landlubber learning with Ronnie we'll do that after the recap here um, but I, in reading about like the golden age of piracy and hearing you talk about Hornigold and Blackbeard obviously I've not seen Blackbeard yet beard yet Hornigold does not seem that much older than Flint. To, for Flint to be like the the new era kind of thing, like I mm-hmm. in my head I see Flint probably if he's around Toby Stevens' age, like maybe maybe in his like early forties, late thirties kind of thing. But I am like <laughs> thinking about piracy and and the era, and like very much prepared for this dude to be like a crisp 28 but just he's seen some shit he's really like he's been through it um started way too young and just like he's hard living out on the seas so historically hornigold was the captain for blackbeard and Vane. um Mm. they both sailed under him before Blackbeard became captain and Vane was under him. And then mm. Vane and Rackham ditched. And then Rackham split off with Anne Bonnie from Vane. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is kind of this legacy of the flying... They, they were called the Flying Gang. Um, mm-hmm. And the show is dealing with that to some degree. Where, sure. you know, we have these legacies of captains and like people split off from each other's crews and form their own crews and, and, and stuff. Uh, but they're not doing it exactly like that. Um, sure. it, it's, it's the relationships are going to be a little different. Like there's no indication that Vane ever sailed with Hornigold in this. Um, sure. Uh, which is fine. Hornigold and Vane will have their own very special and interesting relationship in this show. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Uh, right. Back to where we were at. Um, mm-hmm. Silver's like, hey, here's the schedule. And Flint is like, this isn't right. Like, it's missing important information that I know should be there. And Silver's like, yeah, you see, if I give you the whole <laughs> schedule, you'll just kill me. 
and they're like, all right, well, we're going to get Joji to torture you. Joji is the uh, Asian guy with the, the cool sword. Uh, and Silver is like, I'm a wuss. The second you start hurting me, I will tell you anything and everything just so that you stop. You'll, you won't be able to trust the information, uh, which is very funny. Um, mm-hmm. Like normally in those scenes, the, the tough male protagonist goes, I won't break under torture. You'll never get anything out of me. And Silver's like, no, I hate being uncomfortable. I'll tell you anything. Yeah. Right. Um, so, and it does also uh, like perfectly like indicate why torture philosophically is just not an effective tool because people will do anything to make it stop. And then the next time when they lied the first time, they'll do anything to make it stop again. And it's just, it, you know, it, yeah, torture is bad. Torture doesn't yeah. work. Right. Uh, and black cells knows this. Uh, that's good. I, I hate when like torture is like a mechanic in a game, it's, like mm-hmm. get information. I'm like, no, that's, that's not <laughs> anyway. Um, they, they cut a deal. Silver will go with the crew and will gradually feed them the missing information. Um, Flint is not happy about it, but he deals with it. Uh, he then gives a big shopping list to Eleanor of like, Hey, we're going to need new cannons. We're going to need ammunition. We're going to need this. We're going to need that for the thing. Um, uh, Mr. Scott and Eleanor talk about where they're going to get it. Uh, it really seems like Mr. Scott is kind of like Eleanor's Gates. You know, yeah. he's the guy kind of seeing to the the ins and outs of the vision where like Eleanor and Flint both have these grand ideas of what they're going to do with Nassau. Right. But then they have a number two who's like, yeah, but like people got to eat. Right. You know, um, I will I will say, though. Eleanor does not have a crew to answer to. Eleanor, Eleanor has like a business, but Eleanor runs it like a business, not like a crew. And so when mm-hmm. Scott is like, yeah, we shouldn't do that. Eleanor's like, hmm, I've taken that into account and I'm going to do it anyway in a way that Flint like can't necessarily do because he does have to take a vote and all the, that stuff. And like. There's definitely a racial dynamic, too. And, like, I, mm-hmm. I I would say for the time, Eleanor does not seem to be a racist, you know? Like, right. Mr. Scott seems to be someone who she does, like, value and respect. And he is uh, a free person. He's not enslaved by her or anything. But, like, Flint and... Gates are both two white guys, you know, yeah. and so that is going to color the relationship where I, I, I do think that to some degree, Eleanor is probably disregarding some of Gates's or not Gates, some of Mr. Scott's very sound advice just because there is that racial dynamic. Sure. Um, there is also an age dynamic where when you're younger than someone, sometimes you just think you know better. So mm-hmm. I'm sure that's at play. And I'm sure there's also a gender dynamic at play where like, mm-hmm. Eleanor is used to men uh, kind of challenging her authority. Um, And I don't think Mr. Scott is ever, you know, intentionally doing that. But I'm sure Eleanor, to some degree, is just instinctively going to push back against a a man challenging her plans because she deals with that nonsense all the fucking time. So and I I think the uh, show is trying to make an argument that, like, this is she is so desperate because she has something to prove. She has something that she mm-hmm. needs to, you know, the, prove to society, to her father, to all of Nassau. 
but also like the the show is making that argument but also like if we look at the race element mr scott has a ton to lose with he, oh, this yes. going like he has a good working relationship with eleanor we don't really have any indication that he has that relationship with anybody else and yeah, there's a lot on the line here, a lot to lose. The English are not going to be kind to Mr. Scott when they arrest Eleanor, you know? Mm-hmm. I am sure he could become a quartermaster on a crew. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of, like, do you want to do that? Right. You know, like, do you want to turn pirate? Like, right now, he is a a, a, a legal businessman. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're secretly doing black market shit, but... Yeah, he he has everything to lose if things with Eleanor go tits up, which they're about to. Mm -hmm. Um, We then get this weird game of cat and mouse where uh, Billy is worried about Silver finding people who are loyal to Singleton still and revealing the lie or just like feeding them information. So... Bones takes Silver to Randall so that Randall can, like, babysit him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Randall tells Silver who the Singleton loyalists are. There's these two guys, Morley and Turk. Silver then gives that information to Billy to try to show that he it is, is in now. You know, like, you can trust me. I'm not trying to turn on you guys. I know that these guys are up to no good. It's a it's a whole cat and mouse situation. I wasn't sure how I felt about this. I understood like the like idea of making things up, like proving yourself to Billy, proving your trust to Billy. Um, and I, I I'm sure that you know a lot of this stuff is going to come back up, but with the current things that are happening, it felt like this just kind of went nowhere like for for the amount of of investment that was put into it um just considering again like you said how tits up things are going to go very shortly like it felt like it was not wasted scream time but like i'd rather be someplace else yeah this episode is so jam-packed with new characters with new twists with like situations going forwards and backwards and forwards again that Mm -hmm. this doesn't go anywhere this episode it is setting up that like these singleton loyalists are there in flint lying about singleton and murdering him publicly uh it's not great and is causing problems so like i do and billy doubling down on it into flint's behalf you know yeah 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 uh I do appreciate that we're like kind of touching on that again, just to say like, Hey, mm-hmm. don't forget like this thing happened. But yeah, I do agree with you that for an episode that is so jam packed full of events happening, it kind of feels like it doesn't go anywhere here. Yeah. Um, popping back over to Miranda, uh, who is babysitting Richard Guthrie. Um, Eleanor is there and is like, hey, we need you to not be useless for once. We need ships and guns. And he's just like, I'm not going to help you. And Eleanor is like, you can help me or you can like go to America. But like, 
shit is fucked here and we could like use you. And then we pop over to Hornigold, who uh, he's got the only fort in Nassau, which overlooks the harbor. And uh, he's got like this fancy chair uh, and he he like tresses nicely and he is like this kind of, like I said, like old school pirate. He's super successful. Mm-hmm. He's decided to, to retire at this fort and all these new pirates have to like pay him respect because he's got the fort overlooking the harbor and he can sink them with his cannons whenever he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, Gates and him kind of negotiate about like, you have a ship with guns. Flint needs a second ship to go on this mission with him. Uh, we want your ship, but we don't want you to come. And Hornigold is like, who's going to captain this ship? And Gates is like, I will. And they come to a deal. Another thing that I'm very excited to see. Hornigold seems very cool, very fun. I love the idea of Gates, like, very humbly coming to the terms with like a captainship. It's not like he's like, Oh, it's going to be me and I'm going to be great. Like he's this plays out later in the episode, but he is kind of like unsure of this decision, but like, is like, you know, it could, it could be anybody. Why not me? Um, and, uh, we get horny gold in his very fancy chair, uh, who, which once belonged to Sir Francis Drake, which I always get, Sir Francis Drake and Francis Bacon confused. Um, and so that this was like m- mental gymnastics of like, why does he care about this chair being the, uh, you know, supposed writer of many William Shakespeare plays? Um, different Francis Drake, different Francis, different, <laughs> different Francis. Francis Drake. This is the um, Nathan Drake Francis Drake from Uncharted. Uh, okay. I've never played Uncharted. Famous pirate. Oh, it's famous great. pirate. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I am like, as as I kind of let it all come back to me. Fr- Francis Bacon and Francis Drake are obviously very different. But <laughs> oh, I digress. Yeah. Another area where I'm sure it'll come up again. But like, we had spent some time here when like this also was not going to be the nut of the episode. This is not like we're not we're cracking a bit of the shell to get to something that is not the, the, you know, the crux of it. I mean, I think this is really important character development for Gates and it's going to then segue into this scene with Rackham immediately following. Mm -hmm. Um, Before we get into the Rackham scene, any thoughts on the, the Eleanor Guthrie? It's very good. Very good. The, the, the Eleanor V Mr. Guthrie kind of thing is, um big fan you could tell that as nervous as she has made herself appear about like working in business with her dad with with her father about like how this could all come crashing down on her like seeing him like cut down kind of like not in his prime not in his fancy office Mm -hmm. not in his big mansion like seeing him just as a man uh like you could tell she's like, oh, this is this is this guy's fucking nothing. Like this is she she yeah. says as much. Like you, like you said, you can go to America, you can go to Boston, you can be at one of your cousins or your brother's like estates, but you will be listening at the door of business just like you were before, before me and my mother made you what you are today. And it's just like, 
it, it's a scene that couldn't have happened on Harbor Island. Like it had to happen here. And I'm, and I'm very like that. That is the thing where it's like, yes, this is where the script is coming together. There is no wasted time here whatsoever. Um, and it was still succinct. It was still like, it was well done. It wasn't like drawn out. It was, it was very short, very sharp and like really, you know, draw some distinction that maybe, maybe we will not see Eleanor be this bold at some point in the future when, you know, he's back in his, in his fineries, but we know what the deal is. He knows what the deal is. Yeah. I, I think it really shows that like Eleanor is fully stepping into her own Mm -hmm. out from her dad's shadow. She is going to be running Nassau without him from Mm -hmm. here on out. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is very exciting. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. We then get to Rackham shit, and it's going to be Rackham shit for like the rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. So strap <laughs> in. Um, he calls out Gates for like, you're going to be this captain. You, like, if you were doing this 10 years ago, sure. But like, really, you're going to try and do it now? I don't think so. Um, uh, Gates is then like stressed about it. He already had some anxiety and he goes to Flint and is like, Hey, as much as I would love to do this, Mm -hmm. Vane is the guy for the job. We should get the Ranger to be our escort ship. Rackham is like, I think my plan worked. And he goes to Vane and is like, (laughs) Hey, you should be Flint's consort. Vane is like, fuck Flint, fuck this idea, like, Rackham, your last idea sucked, I don't want to do this, <laughs> and Jack is like, yeah, but Eleanor wants this mission to succeed, if you behave and, like, do the job, you'll get to spend a lot of time with her. It's really high school, where it's like, yeah. you should join the drama club, because the cute boy you like is also in the drama club and you know, he's in the light crew. So if you help do set design, you'll get to flirt with him. Um, kind of shit. Uh, I love it. It's so dumb. There is a bit Um, of like, not, not only like you'll be able to spend time there, but also like you will look good in Eleanor's eye, which like, yeah, I, I, I am. I, I loved, I want to say, I loved this episode. I really enjoyed this episode. Yeah. Uh, there's some stuff at the end. Obviously, we'll get to that. Is is it makes it makes it a tough watch. But I think that the the back and forth, the like logistics of getting shit done, like m- really make it shine as like the office drama that it is, like the workplace drama. Mm-hmm. Um, I praise the pilot up and down for being a good pilot, for not being too expository, for like giving everyone just what they needed. I will say that we are maybe carrying the burden of that now into some of these like more early, still early episodes, mind you. Uh, and as you've said, like th- the show before the show, basically how the show becomes a totally different animal come like episode five. Um, but like the idea that Vane is still so infatuated and still so in love with Eleanor that he like that 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 is what will compel him to do this. I want to say like I I don't feel like that's as 
quite as earned, but it's also like that is being established here. Like that is what this action is establishing is that he is still like this. That's how compelling this argument is that he'll, he'll like work with Flint because he is so in love with uh, Eleanor still. And it's like, I, I hate to say like, I wish it was telegraphed. I mean, certainly it was telegraphed, but I wish it was fully established earlier when like, this is where they're establishing it. This is, this is what I'm winning is like this scene. It's just like when everything is coalescing now, like this is like the fucking thing they're getting ready to do. It felt a little, um, like a little high school. And like, as much as I, I enjoy the, the drama of it, I, I, I do like, I, I, I wanted there to be a bit more of a compulsion for him. I would be shocked if there were not Taylor Swift, Vane Eleanor AMVs all over YouTube. Like mm. their relationship is so toxic and unhealthy and gotcha. like they break up and they hit each other and then they come back together and then sure. they angry fuck and then Vane kills someone that Eleanor likes and they break up and then Vane kills someone that Eleanor hates and then they fuck and they're back together. So like this is kind of getting the ball rolling there and kind of prepping sure. you that like they have a weird toxic codependency issue where like. They break up. Vane does something to try and get her attention. It works out. They get back together. It doesn't work out. And, like, they're more angry at each other. And then, you yeah. know, rinse, repeat until they're back together again. So um, yeah. we kind of saw that on the docks where that one captain was giving her shit and, like, Vane threatened him to, like, fall mm-hmm. in line. Um, yep. We're going to keep seeing that until they get back together and then break sure. up again. Um sure. Ronnie's a big T Swift fan, so I reference. It's tough T-Swift. right now. It's tough out there right now. I will say, people, if you're if you're listening um, to Swifty Tilting Planet, there has not been one in a while, and I need to get back on to to give the. Whew, it's tough out there. She's into football now. I don't know. Um, oh, oh, don't even get me started. So they have a sit down with the Eleanor. I think Mister Scott's there, and then. Vane and his quartermaster, Jack, and Flint and his quartermaster, Gates, and they start negotiating. And right off the bat, it's, like, petty bullshit. Um, (laughs) I will say that I don't think Flint being, like, you killed a well-respected black member of my crew is petty bullshit. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, like, that's a pretty legit grievance. Like, you killed that guy to try and make it so Singleton could become captain, and I'm pissed about it uh valid but like it is like an office workplace drama and i I, you know to your point about the like nitty-gritty of like daily life and work with this crew and this ship i have never seen anything else that comes close to showing what it was actually like to get these ships to sail like parts of the caribbean jack and will turner sail a like three-masted frigate by themselves. <laughs> um, it's madness. It's fully mm-hmm. insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, Master and Commander is great and comes close, but there's only so much you can do in like a two-hour movie. Yeah. Um, but like this show really does get into the nitty-gritty of like 
what cannons do we need for the mission? How much food do right. we need? How many men do we need? Who's going to like be in charge of these men? How are they going to manage them? What if these guys don't get along? Or what if these guys might share secrets? Let's put them on different watches, you know? Like, it really gets into the, the nitty-gritty. And so, like, this negotiating scene, one, I think is hilarious. And two, I do love how much Black Sails, like tries to be historically accurate when it can, but also will like bend shit for just good storytelling mm-hmm. when it needs to. And I think that's yeah. the way to kind of approach this stuff. Yep. 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 All of it. Cosigned. All of it. Very good. Um, Meeting goes well. They, they cut a deal. Um, And then we get to some, some, some very dark shit with Max uh, it is revealed that Vane and some men like kidnapped her, mm-hmm. and uh, it is. Uh, I don't even know if it's heavily implied. It's just you know like outright stated they've been raping her. Um, Vane tries to ask her why, and Max is like, "You or like why she left Eleanor's protection and." She's like, would you have stayed with her like when she rejected you? And it Vane like kind of thinks on that. Rackham is like, what are we gonna do if she goes back to Eleanor? And Vane is like, she won't. Um, it's it's dark shit, and uh, it's gonna be dark for Max for a while. Any thoughts there? Yeah, I it's, mean, it's just it's, hard to watch. It's it's, it's tough. Um. It sucks, and it doesn't feel earned. But it it also and and stop me if this doesn't sound right. It also doesn't feel out of place um, within the show, like the world that the show has established. It doesn't mean I like it. Doesn't mean I I am glad that they did it. Um, it just doesn't feel. It feels jarring because it is like because it is rape and it and it, yeah. it, it is horrifying, um, and I think the writers, the show is what it is. I think the writers probably should have made a different decision on how to get over this obstacle or get get Max, you know, whatever impetus has to happen, whatever you know, to to make all of these things coalesce. There was probably a better thing they could have chosen. Yeah. I, that being said, if they ass- if they assign themselves this job, this task of like Max is going to be raped, now tell a story around it. I I guess they did it at like an okay job of making it work within their world. Uh, but I don't like it. Yeah, I will say like the only credit I will give this. And, like, I hate this shit. I don't think it should be in the show. I think mm-hmm. it detracts from this episode. I think it detracts from this season and the fact that it's the first season. And you, like, you know, want to tell people, oh, watch this show. By the way, there's really uncomfortable rape shit in episode mm-hmm. three and four. Like, good luck. Um, I, I, I think it's a huge detriment to the story. I will mm-hmm. say... The only credit I'll give it is I don't feel like it's glorifying it or, like, making it sexy. No. Oh, no. Certainly not. Where, certainly not. Yeah. Where, like, that, to me, is is significantly worse than 
you know, I guess having a show or movie show showing rape as as horrifying as as they should. But like sometimes you'll watch a movie and it's like, wow, not a single woman contributed to this story or this discussion at all, because this feels like someone's getting off on it, which right. is uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it it's not great. Um, one, one thing I want to say that I dislike is that, um, it feels a little bit like Max is using this to punish Eleanor for breaking up with her. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that comes up more later with the other Eleanor scenes. And maybe we'll, we'll, we'll dig into that. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think, I think here, I think we can like maybe truncate all of this into this section here and then maybe hop back to other, other bits and just like, yeah, let's just get full speed ahead right to the ending. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so as Eleanor it relates to out, this scene, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Eleanor finds out she confronts Vane. A little bit of a continuation of of my earlier kind of issue with like th- this establishing the relationship between Charles and or, or between Vane and uh, Eleanor. Eleanor comes into Vane's like tent, his like quarters, and without a word, they just start fucking um mm. and and so they are uh having sex while that is happening rackham is working on getting max out of the camp um and he is stopped good guy rackham. By... good guy rackham i wonder because when <sighs> this this is this role is assigned to him by Vane that you know, there's going to be a boat, get her there. But then Vane looks at Rackham and says, make it quick and make it quiet. And mm. at the, at the, at that moment, I certainly assumed that Rackham's job was to kill Max because Vane had just said, or Rackham, like you said, Rackham said like, will, what if Max goes back to, um, Eleanor? Vane says she won't. Just make it quick and make it quiet. And like, mm-hmm. I understand the idea of she won't because of all the things that they understand about Eleanor ha- having that kind of like mutual situation. But knowing Vane and what Vane has been up to thus far, I don't have any reason to suspect that he wouldn't just like decide to send Rackham out to 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 kill Max. And so like. I'm I'm still unsure about what Vane meant by that. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, we don't know because before Rackham can get Max out of the camp, the other members of the crew uh, stop them and are displeased that Max is going to be removed from the camp. Um, and Rackham rushes to get. Uh, Vane realizes Eleanor is there. Is like, oh, this is this is all so bad. Goes back to the camp, and uh, Max is being like raped in public. Um, in like a with like a big circle of the crew around them, and so that is what Eleanor kind of comes to, um, as like her first understanding that Max a Max is not gone. B, this is what has been happening to Max because of 
Charles. Um, yeah. There's no doubt, da- no doubt about where, like who is in, who is the in charge of all this. Uh, which is like horrifying, just absolutely uh, yeah, again not glorified, not like ooh, this is like a male gaze kind of thing. No, like l- like longing. You don't even really see her that well, but it is. There's no. There's, there's a question no, what's happening. Absolutely, absolutely, and it and it is horrible that like. Not only did they go to that well to, like, explain what Max has been up to, what Max has been, like, forced to do, they are, like, returning to that, like, here. Um, which, like, they could have done that so many different ways. Like, they could have, they could, like, the, the, the rape earlier was all off screen, despite being incredibly explicit that that's what's happening. They didn't need to return to the scene of the crime and then make it like on screen in order to, you know, show uh, Eleanor just how bad it's been here. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's really uncomfortable. It's really rough. Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel like there is this element that like Max is trying to punish Eleanor with her suffering. Yeah, and like. There are all sorts of unhealthy shit that people do to each other in relationships. And I'm not saying that I need this to be like a healthy relationship or a squeaky clean one or like a good breakup, like or or whatever. But um I don't know. That's that's pretty fucking rough. Uh yeah. to like have that be kind of her motivation for it. Uh I, I cause like yeah, she could still be under Eleanor's protection at the brothel. Like, right. they could be broken up, and Max could just still be working for Eleanor at the brothel, and she wouldn't be getting, like, horrifically raped by the crew of the Ranger. Right. Um, if if this trauma didn't happen here, and, like, it's just not safe for her to be on the Ranger, then, like, I, get, I think that that's an interesting choice to, like, for her to punish... Uh, Eleanor by putting herself in harm's way. But like this, the the worst thing that could happen has happened and there's no indication that it would stop happening. That is scary. And it's also like a trap that the writers have set for themselves that like now you have to write for a character who is consistently choosing to spend time with their abuser and that's yeah, just she like she says like till my debt is paid but it's like yeah. i i understand that like as a sex worker sex is currency but like that's there's not a transaction happening it's just rape so like right. Right. who's going to decide when that's done like right. it doesn't seem like you're in the position like max what are you doing like just go with eleanor i know that you guys fucking hate each other but like uh, it's it's just rough. It's a rough watch. It's a rough plot. Uh, I don't think it's very clear what the motivations are. And then, like you were saying, Eleanor sets up kind of this dividing line of like, uh, forsake Charles Vane and join Flint on the Walrus, and I will still work with you. But if you are aligning yourself with Charles Vane, you are done here. Um, and there are a few defectors, uh, what this mechanically does is, and like, 
even in this, it feel uh, this is this is definitely Eleanor using this to punish Vane. Um, it makes it so that that deal that they struck to have the ranger as consort to the walrus and like they had to pay extra extra shares and all that stuff doesn't happen anymore the yeah, the walrus crew now. is now in possession of the ranger and so they don't have to go through quite as much rigmarole uh, you know everyone everyone Vane is not going to get his double shares or whatever it is um it's it's it still feels a little calculated in that moment for Eleanor that like, that's the first thing she thinks of that like, Oh, I'm going to like fuck Vane over and help Flint. But it does make sense that she would want to fuck Vane over very badly. I think well, I would she... be far more concerned with like, just being at Max's feet, just like pleading and begging and like, fuck all of these men. Like, I don't want anything to do with them. Max, like you and me, please. Uh, but, I think it's it's it works in terms of you know punishing Vane. The the problem is that it is to some degree punishing the expedition because mm. as much as like we might hate Vane's crew right now, we might be like pissed and hate Vane for letting this happen. He is a really strong captain Mm -hmm. and having your two strongest captains working together for one mission is probably better than like your strongest captain and his sidekick like having to manage this because like flint is now out a quartermaster Mm -hmm. because gates is a captain and gates doesn't have a quartermaster so like we're like you're you're spreading your your best people really thin by separating them onto two ships yeah um, but yeah, also the human element of like, maybe talk to your ex. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, uh, it's, it's... this is, this is where people start giving Eleanor shit. And, um, uh, to some degree, I don't think this is her fault that this is all happening to Max. Uh, Max chose to leave. Eleanor didn't force her out. Max mm-hmm. is to some degree choosing to stay. Eleanor, you know, does not want her to. Right. Well, um, it, it, it com- I'm not it saying Eleanor back- like handled this great, but like it it is echoes a little bit of what we saw said in pilot in the pilot episode when um Eleanor uh gets punched in the face by Vane and what is what is the line that that uh she says I don't know. It, it had very much like I was asking for, or I started it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was the line. And it has very much like I was asking for it vibes. Where same thing, not not same thing, but like in a similar vein here, like what what are we supposed to say about Max rejecting the the uh the solace, the, the like the safety of Eleanor? And choosing to stay with Vane. Like that I I would not say that that person is asking for it, but you are writing a character that is making decisions that is like it 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 yeah, it, it I, I, I blame a bit of the writing here where it's just like I don't 
human element. I don't know that this is what a person would do after being subjected to this level of trauma. And so you writing it in a way that is just like, yep. And then everything just continued the way it was. It's just like, now you have to write your way out of that, but you wrote it to begin with. It's, it's, I am, I am counterintuitive to Max's character too, from like, as we're going to see as the show progresses, she's such a calculating political figure. And we've seen that a little bit with her being really scrappy and like getting involved in like stealing the ledger and like blackmailing silver. Like, like she's always Mm -hmm. working an angle and it's just like, what is the angle she's working here? It just seems really violent and destructive. And like, we've probably spent enough time on it, but we, we um, definitely have. I will just, I will just say that like, as a as a capstone on on this episode and on this element of this episode, like I said, where we are still in episode three, which is fine, doing the work of establishing who Vane is, who Eleanor is, who Vane is to Eleanor, what their uh, their what drives them. We are here at episode three, and it's hard to feel like Max hasn't been used like a tool, like a plot device this entire time. And that sucks. That's even if she had a little bit of agency early on, it was quickly taken away and she was used as a tool to move the story forward. Since then, I would much rather be getting to know Max in the way that you do because you've watched more episodes. I would rather be getting to know Max now the way that I know Billy, the way that I know Gates, Mm -hmm. the way that I know Silver. I don't know Max that way. And I know I've seen a ton of Max. And, and yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We yeah. will get no. there. Max is going to have a rough time it. for a little bit longer, but we'll, we'll get yeah. there. Yeah. I uh, think we can, I think we can maybe I'll, I'll, I'll make sure to look in the, the time code here. And, and this is the, after this, we are not discussing that scene or, or uh, the R word uh, from this point forward. I mean, in this episode, that is. Yeah. Yeah. This episode. Yeah. Uh, back at Miranda's house. Uh, we are introduced to this new character, uh, uh, the pastor. Um, mm. Apparently, he visits like pretty regularly. He asks Miranda, like, look at a sermon. Uh, they kind of start discussing notes about it. While that's happening, um, uh, Richard Guthrie is kind of poking about the house. Uh, he's digging through shit. Um we see a painting that is of Miranda and maybe it's Flint. Maybe it's not. It's hard to, uh, I think say it doesn't quite look like Toby Stevens, but it says Mr. And Mrs. Thomas Hamilton. Um, the, the pastor is talking to, Miranda about stuff and he you know he uses the G word he, he uses the word gossip there's gossip about you and these strange visitors you get and these strange men who come here and people whisper and uh, I think you you feel Miranda go cold the they have a, a great Bible back and forth about how uh, sacrifice and uh, pain is very, is the heart of love Um, because that's what God said. And then Miranda breaks off a little song of songs and is like, "Mm, 
God also said that. God also yep. talked about breasts a lot and how it's wonderful to be in the bosom of a lady. So love doesn't always have to be so horrible and awful and and, and uh, cruel. Love can be pretty and beautiful. And it's like, get him. He asks her if like Flint Flint kidnapped her, right? Mm-hmm. He says something like that. Well, he says like, is is he keeping you here? Mm-hmm. I think is the language that he uses. Yeah. And that's when she's like, um, actually, fuck this. Later. Later, Pastor Boy. And that's when she goes inside and sees uh, Guthrie, a, a sleep little, sleepy little lad. Sleepy little boy lad. Mm-hmm. Um, and either this or before this, uh, she recommends that he reads Marcus Aurelius. Um that he might like yeah that's a big deal um uh for flint and miranda they're kind of any any books that you see flint and miranda give to each other or give to other characters are really really important um Mm -hmm. uh so always pay attention to that um that shit uh they're they're always if you know those yeah. books you're gonna learn stuff about the characters or if you don't know those books google them and then you'll you know you'll learn something <laughs> yeah um i think the the final scene is aboard the walrus um bones confronts morley and asks him about his his loyalty um they argue about whether or not singleton was a thief or a traitor billy is like Hey, I said to my shit, like, are you calling me a liar? Um, Morley is like, okay, well, maybe I was wrong about that. But what I'm not wrong about is Flint and this Barlow character. Um, Oh, and then the episode ends with Flint and Barlow going into another room. Um... Very ominously, very After, like she she yeah, she stops she, she like was, mid-sentence. She was reading Marcus Aurelius and Flint shows up and like brings mm-hmm. her into another room. Uh and that's where the episode yeah. ends. Yes. Best guess right now for Miranda. Hit me with it. She's some kind of sea witch that like Okay. Flint has to have her like dress like has to like have her like not only like take care of him after the journey but also uh like bless the journey before they go out um they they uh Mor- morty morty what's what's the the singleton guy's name morley morley i was very close, you were close. um billy talks about how morley's like second believes that flint is like a spirit, an evil spirit that has infected this body of Flint and like is, uh, you know, doing the bidding of Satan or whatever. And like, I feel like a sea witch. I feel like having been in league with a sea witch. Not, not a bet. Not, not too far off. If we're foreshadowing here a little bit. I, I was going to say, I feel like you and Morley have been like, in a smoke circle together, like passing the reefer yeah. back and forth, talking about yeah. witches and sin and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, who's in the painting with Not her? F- oh God, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, some other pirate guy. If I had to guess, I don't know if I think it's Flint. Um, okay, 
Yes. Before we close out, ding, ding, ding. Welcome back to the school. Welcome back to the old schoolhouse. You know it. You love it. We're doing it at the end this time yes. because why not? Uh, it's 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 some landlubber learning with Ronnie because just because we are sailing the high seas does not mean we can't get straight A's. Um, lots of stuff, lots of big stuff this episode that felt very heady. We got the Marcus Aurelius. We got um, stuff with um, the 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 Bible. This makes it makes a surprise appearance here, and so there's there's lots to to pull from there. Um. But what I what was very simple and interesting to me was the idea of a consort. Obviously, that seems to be like what this show is like. A bit of what they're doing moving forward is like the the not only the inner working dynamics between a crew, but between like crews with similar interests that are kind of working together. But like I just hadn't ever considered that like that's a thing you would do it makes total sense i don't know why you wouldn't but it just didn't occur to me and so did some did some uh searching around and i came upon a book from 1933 seems like a really good book uh that i'm probably gonna pour over a bit more it's called uh pirates of the eastern seas it covers uh, the years 1618 to 1723, a lurid page of history by Charles Gray. Um, he uses a lot of imagery and work from Charles Johnson, who I, I'm sure you have read or, or flipped through that one, Andy. It's like the... Um, let me look up the exact title because it's... There we go. A general history of the pirates and pirates spelt with the Y. Um, oh, y- yeah, it's it's all fake. Really? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's all fake. However, it's stuff that people thought was true or at least liked to pretend was true. Because like pirates, pirates were like cowboys you know like people would just like tell stories about them in like the papers and stuff um something that like bugs me at parties is like when you're you know you're talking fun facts and history you know you're drinking you're you know and i'll I'll say like oh i really love like reading about pirates and like studying history and people will be like oh well we can't know anything about them because everything was made up and it's like well sure there are tons of false sources out there and like if you watch like that Netflix special, that's a lot of like Hollywood bullshit. Like Mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot of documentaries out there that say they're historical and they're not, they're using a general history of the pirates as their main document. And like you, you can't, you can't use that as your main document. Right. Um, However, we have things like court records and like, Mm -hmm. um, like military journal, like there are good firsthand sources for, pirate facts out there um quartermasters kept extensive notes like like there's there is real history first-hand account second-hand account out there that exists Mm -hmm. and you can read good historical sources on piracy um you have to dig through the bad ones to get there though yeah and when i say bad i don't mean like 
a general history of the pirates is still interesting and educational and fascinating because it's the dime store version. It, mm-hmm. It's the, the, the hanging out at the bar tavern version. So it do, it does still have a place and it's still like an interesting, valid thing to read about. It's not what really happened, but it's what people said happened. And that can be just as fun. So, right. um, um, I, w- I, 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 I will say I think that this one, the the Pirates of the Eastern Sea, while it does seem to be pulling a lot from Johnson's work, it does because it is specifically focused on the Eastern theater. There is a lot of like it looks like documents from India and the Eastern India Trading Trading Company, um, and and looks like documents from ship manifests and things like that. So like. Again, I, I I will have to do more research into like what the the citation is for this guy. Um, there was just a pretty cool consort thing yeah. in here, and I was like, this "Oh, is, hit me this with is... it! Hit me with it!" Yeah, sorry, yeah, it's, it's, sorry to it's, get us off track. No, it's good. Yes, it has to do with the uh, pirates Thomas Howard of the Prosperous and John Bowen of the Speedy Return. The Speedy Return sailed with her prize to the Malabar coast where they had agreed to rendezvous should they accidentally part company. Six days later, the Prosperous joined her consort, but without any prize, though she had taken one, uh, which she robbed, I think it said around uh, 17,000, or no, 40,000 pounds, uh, and then turned her adrift off Damon. Seemed like it was a a story of, of two ships that kind of worked together as a matter of convenience, which feels very telling, uh, or not very telling, but very, you know, parallels what we're seeing here. Um, and it was, it was just a mess. They both, they both uh, didn't really turn any turn in much prize because of some sh- shipwrecking. And by the time that they actually rendezvoused, they took stock of what they had and, looked at the ships and they ended up burning both their ships and just uh, sailing back home on some of the vo- Moorish vessels that they had, uh, they had taken as part of the prize. So uh, in history, it seems while it does seem like an obvious thing to do, doesn't always work out too well. We will see how it works out for uh, Flint and the walrus and their new shiny new ship, the Ranger. That they now own. Uh, but yeah. yeah. Black Sails is going to show us lots of crews that come together mm-hmm. uh, by convenience or sometimes inconvenience. And can two crews really work together with having two captains, uh, even temporarily, even just to split up the goods and then call it a day? And uh, it can be real tricky sometimes uh, mm-hmm. to get everyone to fall in line. Sometimes it works out great, though. So maybe maybe everything will go really well for Gates and Flint. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I think that covers it, though, uh, for all of us here at, at uh, Genders, Queers, and Buccaneers. Uh, check out wheretheymayradio.com for uh, all the new stuff coming from uh, our friends over at Roll Weird. Um, and uh, also on the Patreon, patreon.com slash WTM radio. There's, there's bound to be some some new stuff up there. A pretty soon. As of recording this, we've just gotten art. Yeah. So let's shout out KV Hastings um, on Instagram. Did our art. We're thrilled with it. It's very uh, good. It's so good. It's beautiful. Go, 
go check out their their art insta they have tons of great shit but we love our our icon our our album cover mm-hmm. and how about that intro that intro i i I'm 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 I, I hate to to pat myself on the back after just uh, giving some props to KV Hastings, uh, but the intro is pretty good that I created. It, I'll pat uh, you on the back. The intro is great. Thanks. The intro is so Thank fucking you. good, Ronnie. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Bristol Podworks really fucking did a great job on that intro. Very excited to to. Uh, I might I might put episode zero out without the intro and maybe like finish it with the intro just to get people to stick around. Uh, but episode one, if you're if you're listening from 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 Jump Street, you're gonna hear that, and you've heard it at the beginning of this episode, and uh, you're gonna hear it a little bit. Kind of, what's that? It's that's it's coming in now. Uh, as I as I wish you well, and remind you that we have been your princes of the new world. I'm Ronnie. I'm Andy. And what's the pirate shit you've been saying at the end? Do you remember? Uh, keep a weather eye out or some shit? I don't know. Yeah, no, that that sounds about right. Full compliment? Yeah. Yeah, do that Do that pirate shit. Yeah. Pirate, <laughs> shit. Pir- pirate shit. Say that pirate shit. Pirate shit. Anchors away. Drink, drink some rum. Bye, everybody. Bye. Where they may radio.